Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and our mission here at BU is to help the world become a happier place, one person at a time. Hope you are all happy and well out there. We are getting closer and closer to Christmas time and the holiday season is upon us. And because of that, it's got me in a reflective vibe. One thing that I've always done, either, you know, through straight up journaling or just in my mind, is coming towards the end of the year, I like to reflect on the year that's gone by and especially on the things that I feel like I've discovered or learned about myself or about life along the way. And so what I thought I would do for a few episodes over the holidays is share some of those reflections with you and flesh them out a little bit more so that, yes, I selfishly get to mull over my own reflections for the year, but also in hearing this, hopefully one of two things happens for you. One, it gives you the energy or the to follow through on the intention, if you ever had it, to reflect on your own year for yourself and see what you get out of that. But also, just through listening to my reflections, if they resonate with you, if my challenges, my breakthroughs, my aha moments resonate with you, then in a way you've reflected as well by listening to this episode. It allows you to go through a similar journey yourself. And so rather than doing all the reflections in one episode, that would take a long time. I felt like it would make sense to break it up into smaller episodes and with each one focus just on one reflection at a time. Now, before I get into that, I just wanted to give my thoughts on why the the spirit of reflection and the spirit of contemplation and awareness are so important. We live in a society right now that moves at a frantic, frenetic pace. We live in a quick world and it feels like it's getting quicker all the time. Access to things, especially with the internet, has become so much faster. Availability is so much more. The internet itself is like literally a black hole for our attention and time. You could very easily, without realizing, spend hours and hours browsing the internet, browsing websites, consuming this, taking that on board. And so there are so many opportunities in the world today to be distracted by the bells and the whistles and the the things that make noise, the the things that intrude on us and say, hey, I'm here, yo, what's up? You know, like, and there's a lot of them. And I'm not saying that it's bad or wrong that that it happens. It, it's cool. Like the internet's, the internet's a phenomenal, a phenomenal tool, incredible tool. Without the internet, you wouldn't be hearing this. And without the internet, I wouldn't have the capabilities to produce this and put it out there. So this is not a knock on the internet and it's not a knock on the world. But what it is, it's it's just that some of us then become a little bit lopsided. We're all action, 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 but then there's no reflection afterwards. And I think it's when you bring those two things together that you get that sweet spot. Even when I'm thinking about when I work with Nathan's football team, I coach the Nathan's age, the under 11s, alongside Damon, Damon's the head honcho in my eyes. <laughs> I don't know if he knew that, but he is. Damon's the head honcho <laughs> and I support him in that. But to get back to the main point, when when we're doing that, 
what we're doing is the children are playing football, yes. But then after they've played football, there's feedback. Have you thought about playing the ball like this? As a team, we want the shape to look like this. So that means you need to come more here rather than where you were. You need to you need to come back with the you need to come back with the midfield. Don't be staying up the field with, you know, looking at how great your shot was before. The game's still going on, do you know what I mean? And so there's action for sure, lots of it. But constantly in that coaching dynamic, especially, there is action alongside reflection, refinement, feedback. There's this big loop that's going on. So the action isn't just go do what you want, let's see what happens. There's an element of that at first, but then we take that and we have the intention that we want for the team and we try to infuse that into all the parts of the team so that it's working seamlessly together. That requires reflection. It requires time for myself and Damon to walk away and say, what suits the team we've got best in terms of the strengths that we've got? How do we, how do we utilize those strengths the best in terms of positioning, in terms of formation, in terms of the style of play based on what we've seen and, and, and what the children do? And so there's this whole vibe of action and then reflection, which is always, always baked into any dynamic where you have a student of any sort and a guide or a mentor or a teacher. That is the dynamic for sure. When I go along to my choir rehearsals, I'm putting myself in that feedback loop. This time, not as the person giving the feedback, but as the person giving the action in order to receive feedback. So I sing with the choir, and then Edwin, the director, will give us feedback based on what he hears. And that, again, is that cycle of action, reflection, guidance, contemplation and tweaking the tweaking the action it's a big cycle and so for me it's always been important maybe it's been my teacher background it might be that where if I'm doing something then it it feels important to me to reflect on that to contemplate that to to mull over it and decide where do I want to take that in the future and even with this podcast right there's been times where I've reflected on what direction do I want this to take in terms of the ethos? What are the things I want to talk about? Am I going to have guests? Am I not going to have guests? And I reflect on all these things a lot. The reason I do that is because I can go off the feedback. I can go off the real life data that I'm getting from the action and it can inform what I do next. I do not believe I have all the answers right now. I don't. Some of the answers are going to reveal themselves over time and in those reflections. And so for those of us who are action-orientated, a question would be, is there any space in your world right now for stopping, slowing down, and reflection on the action you're taking? Contemplation on the action you're taking. Yeah, you're doing that. Why are you doing that? Is it working? Could it be done in a different way? Could it be done in a more efficient way? These are just questions I'm throwing out there. Don't try and answer them now. <laughs> you ain't got the time. <laughs> but <laughs> just picture someone going, trying to answer, going, yeah, no, ah, oh no, not enough time. <laughs> These are just questions I'm throwing out there that sort of give you an idea of what that reflection and contemplation can be. So it's always been important to me. It's always been something that when I've returned to it, it's really helped me navigate 
my life in a more harmonious way. Not in a perfect way. Life ain't perfect. And I, and I, I don't think it's designed to be perfect. But my intention is to navigate it as best I can. Do the best I can, right? And reflection for me is a big part of that. And so as I've been getting towards the end of the year, I've been reflecting on 2021 and, you know, further back than that and and seeing if there's any themes that have made themselves more apparent through the course of this year. One of the things that's become really apparent for me and what I wanted to talk about on this particular episode of the Reflections of 2021 is trust the process. Now, what do I mean by that phrase? That phrase is used a lot of the time. So you probably already have your own interpretation of what trust the process means, which is cool. Like, keep that. Like, it's good. But I just want to get clear on what I mean by trust the process so that you've got the context of what I'm talking about on this episode. So I'm going to take you to my favorite place, one of my favorite places. One of. I've got many. One of my favorite places is the allotment. And the allotment and the whole realm of gardening, for me, really taught me what it means to trust the process. So let me take you through the life cycle of one of my many plants (laughs) that we have in the garden and on the allotment. So the first phase is the seed. We get the seed. This is Anne-Marie's territory. Anne-Marie is the, is the person who gets from seed to seedling. But I'm telling you the whole process, so I'm going to pretend that it's my it's me doing it. But I can't take credit for this bit. Anne-Marie is, is great at getting all of these things started off. But it's part of the process, so let's get to it. So we have the seed. We put the seed in the soil. And then all we can do is give those seeds the optimal chance to create seedlings. So to go from there being nothing in the soil to seeing a tiny little shoot of a plant, that's all we can do. And once we've done all we can do, all we can then do is more of that. There is a trust in in putting that seed in the ground. There is a trust that we know that once we give that seed what it needs, there is a high probability that that seed is going to produce a seedling. And then again, when we then cater to what that seedling needs, there is a high probability that that seedling is going to turn into a young plant. And once we give the young plant what it needs, there is a high probability that that young plant will mature into a full plant, which will then produce flowers, which will then produce fruits of some sort. The key thing that we do is we take the actions that we know that plant needs, and then we have to trust the process. Trust in the process means I recognize and honor that nature itself is in control. I recognize and honor that there is something beyond just my actions which is taking place in this process. And I'm doing my part, but I leave the rest to nature. I leave the rest to God. I leave the rest to the universe. I leave the rest to whatever it is in the ether that takes care of all that is that keeps the planets in orbit, that keeps the universe in the structure that it is so that it works seamlessly. There's a power at play in there and I trust that power. And because I trust that power, I don't need to overly stress 
about what's happening underneath the underneath the soil where I can't see with that seed. Now, when we don't trust the process, what we start doing is we get in there and we start pulling the seed out before it's ready. Or we, you know, we're digging in the ground going, is it done yet? Is it done yet? And we're inadvertently messing the process up because we're not leaving Mother Nature to do what Mother Nature does. And that's the part which is trusting the process. And I learned that massively from the allotment. And it's amazing because there's some things where you look and you're like, nothing's happening there. Nothing's happening. Everything else has sprouted. Why is that not sprouted? And it's because different seeds sprout at different times. And because they do, they have their own process built in, which is perfect for what that thing is and what it needs. And when you see that, you start to relax. Like, ah, they're not all going to sprout when I want them to sprout. They're going to sprout when they're ready. All I can continue to do is give it the water, give it the nurture, give it the sunlight, give it the environment it needs, and then the rest is down to Mother Nature, and I've got to almost let it go and surrender to that. So trust in the process. How do I then translate that into my life? I trust the process in my business life, and I trust the process with this podcast, and I trust the process with my family. And so if we jump back to the business one, there have been times when my, in my business life of, you know, working with people one-to-one, speaking on stages and, and, and all of that, there's been times when there's been almost like a, a season of spring and summer, which is high activity, you know, lots of things popping off all at once. It's all going great. It's all, it's all um, thriving. It looks really prosperous. I'm loving it. I've had seasons like that. And then there's also been seasons that have felt like autumn and winter where it ain't quite, there's not as much going on on the surface. And that's a phenomenal thing you learn about nature. When you look at autumn, when the trees shed their leaves, when you look at winter, when there's not much growing, we in our action-orientated brains go, nothing's happening. But that's not true. Now that I've been able to observe a year, plus on the allotment it all works together and the spring and the summer cannot be as productive as they are without a winter of rest the ground needs to breathe after all that activity after the the inhalation there has to be an exhalation after the up there has to be a down so there's a cycle that's at play as well and when you recognize that cycle in nature you start spotting that cycle in lots of different places. And in the business, that's definitely been true where the cycles. And what I've learned to do is trust the cycles, even when I'm in a period that doesn't seem to be producing what I, in my brain, am saying, it must produce this now. <laughs> right? Because those periods have been pivotal for me because it's been time when I've been able to reflect to myself on my direction where do I want to take my work do I want to continue talking about mindset which is what I was talking about in the early doors and personal development and it became very apparent that I didn't want to and then the universe conspired to create space for me to take time to yes still serve clients but not as many and what was happening was I was building a solid rock solid foundation of the work that I now do where I'm spending more time instead of talking about 
these themes that are in personal development more, I'm spending a lot more time with my clients talking about helping them get closer to who they truly are and finding that in a way that makes sense to them, that they can go and run with and it, and it really served them. And so I don't know if I would have ever got to that if I was constantly busy with the work that I was doing in the past. That work almost had to slow down and transition into something else. And so what I've learned to do is trust the process in my business. Trust when it's time to take, when, when life itself is showing me, it's time to take things in a new direction. I honor that and I try my best, don't always get it right, but I try and go with the direction that life is pointing me in. With this podcast, trusting the process again. I had the idea to do a podcast years ago. I, I used to, you know, when you put things on Facebook, like you post something and you get the memories. I posted on Facebook, I think it was about three years ago, a picture of me in the studio with my man, Craig Burgess, big up to Craig. And we were recording some content. It was about three years ago, I think now. And I had pictures up and I was saying to everybody, podcast incoming, get ready for it. It's going to be epic. Blah, 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 And <laughs> podcast didn't get released. Now, every time I saw that memory come up on Facebook, I would cringe. But ah, I said I was going to do this time ago. What's up with me? Why is it not happening? But when I look back now, it wasn't the right time. I can't explain how I know that it wasn't the right time. Only thing I can say to you is now that I'm in this moment, this is the time and I feel it and I recognize it and that's why I'm running with it. And prior to this moment that I'm in now where I'm delivering the podcast consistently, it just didn't feel like the right time. It felt more like I was jumping on a trend. Next man over there has got a podcast and the next lady over there has got a podcast. Where's my podcast at? It felt like I was doing it to jump on a trend. Now I'm doing it because it feels right to do. And there's a massive difference between them. And that's trusting the process. Trusting the process enough to not jump on trends, but to stay true to who you are and stay true to your own timing. And that's what I mean in terms of trusting the process with the podcast. Now, I can't get enough of doing the podcast. I absolutely love it. It's become one of my favorite things to do. And I wonder if I'd gone gung-ho at the time when deep down in my bones, it felt like I was chasing a trend. Would I still be doing it now? Would I have been as happy doing it as I am now? I'll never know the answer to that. But I do know that the way it feels now feels right. And that's just another example of trusting the process. Trusting in nature's timing. Trusting in God. There's a huge, there's a huge um, saying of let go and let God. And that's talking about trusting the process. There are forces at play. You don't have to call it God if you don't want to, or if you're uncomfortable with that, that's okay. I'm using the word God because I'm very comfortable with it. But there are elements at play beyond our intellect's capacity to pick up on them and recognize them. But when you look to the world and nature, especially and how it orchestrates so harmoniously, you can see that organizing force there. And we forget that we're a part of that. So the more we can surrender into our own timing, surrender into our own rhythm, surrender into our own truth, and trust that, which for me is trusting the process, as the more we can do that, the more we see it at play in our own lives. And another area where I see this element of trusting the process is with my children and my family. And Anne-Marie is such an inspiration to me. I don't talk about my personal life that much on here, but I just want to, I just want to big her up. One thing that's always inspired me about Anne-Marie, she, when she's in, when she's got an idea 
to go do something. She goes and gets after it. And at the moment, she's been studying for um, getting her conveyancing license. Now, people go, what's conveyancing? What is that? Basically, it's the, it's the law behind property exchanges, buying and selling in the property market. There's a whole legal system behind that. And that's Amory's role. That's where she comes in. And she's in the process at the minute of studying all these really difficult exams in order to become a fully licensed conveyancer. So first and foremost, please send those good luck via summary. She just, she's got an exam out there now waiting to get the assessment. As soon as we know the assessment, I'll let you know on here. But please send good vibes to, to Amory for that. We hope that she passes with flying colours. She deserves it because she's worked so hard. But why I'm talking about trust the process with Anne-Marie is because she's had lots of different jobs in the past and she's always trusted when it's time to move on. She's always known, this ain't it for me now, I'm going on to something else. And it takes great trust to move from one job or one career position to another and keep pivoting. And because she's trusted the process, she lands in places that are engaging to her, inspiring to her, and now she's, she's loving her work. So she's always inspired me in that way. And she's brought that element out of me as well in terms of trusting my own process because I'm more of a stickler. <laughs> I'm a stickler, man. Like if I find something and I, and I run with it, I can see something that might be better. And sometimes I forget to trust the process and I just stay with the tried and, tried and tested. And so Amory's always been an inspiration to me because of that. And she's shown me that. And with our family as well, we have that same sort of thing. We're not in a major rush to get anything done as a family. We're not trying to force anything. We move with, with, with the seasons and we move with our energy and we move with our intention. And it's very obvious when it's there and it's very obvious when it's time to just rest and chill. And I think as a family unit, that's one thing that I'm really proud of, that we, that we honor that and we trust our own process. And so in terms of the action side, we've got trust the process. In terms of then what I was talking about, with reflection and contemplation, there's tweaking the process. And there's elements that I've seen after reflection of this year, there's areas that I'm going to be looking at, come, well, from now, but then moving forward into the next year, that I've got on my list of tweaking the process where I don't think I'm fully in harmony with what my best practice would be in those areas. So first, again, like I always say, it's awareness. You've got to see it. Now I've seen it, I recognize, ooh, that's an area where I want to tweak. That's an area where I want to bring even more light of awareness, even more reflection, even more contemplation. And, and off the back of that contemplation, I might take things in a different direction. Who knows? Hopefully, I will. And so my first reflection for this year, and, it's, and as I say, it's not just this year, it's a culmination of looking back over the years. Trust the process. What does trust the process mean to you? Have you ever taken the time to stop and look at your own process? Is there any areas where you feel you would love to tweak the process and then retrust in a new pattern? Some questions to reflect on and contemplate on for yourself there. Happy reflections. Enjoy the process. And I'll see you on the next episode. Be you, be blessed, and I'll see you next time.